0: This is Pulse95, you're listening to the Future Talk Podcast.
1: Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. It is a beautiful Sunday right here in the heart of Sharjah. And I hope you're all having a fantastic afternoon because there's lots to share about what's happening right here in the tech world.
2: Yes, indeed. It is amazing weather, to be honest. I mean, I didn't expect the weather to kind of take a turn for the best. (laughs) Now, last week we did see it was kind of sunny and A little bit hot, but today we do have a cool breeze the past couple of days, but What else is cool happening in Sharjah is that Sharjah schools are going to continue with distant learning until the end of the spring term.
1: Yes, I'm not sure if parents are happy with this decision or a little bit sad that their children will be with You're happy because the roads are going to be empty now. Yes,
2: there's not going to be school buses.
1: Yes, but it's definitely what's safer for students all around the UAE and especially right here in the heart of Sharjah. In the world of apps, lots is happening as well because we're going to be talking about Twitter considering charging users for special content. This has been, you know, a long time coming now, especially because we do see that Twitter is actually one of the platforms that least charges or even gifts its creators or content creators on its platform, but this is going to be changing pretty soon.
2: Yes, indeed. Even though I don't believe that um, you should pay for a tweet, mm. you should be paid for it. I don't think so. I yes. mean, unless it's a promotion or advertising, but ladies and gentlemen, today we have an interview, a live in-studio interview, and we're kind of talking with students right here in Sharjah.
1: Yes, a group of students at the American University of Sharjah are working on a solution to help aid the lives of the elderly. We do know that right here in the heart of Sharjah, the elderly can make a big percentage of the population and a lot of the times they may be placed in elderly homes because not enough care and not enough time is given to help them out. But A group of students are working on designing an exoskeleton for the elderly to help them perform their day-to-day activities. And joining us today is the professor that is monitoring this project, Dr. Shayouk, as well as one of the students, Hamad Kharoub, who are going to be telling us all about what this project is about and how will it help change the lives of those elderly.
2: Yes, indeed. A lot in store right here on Future Talk. So keep Pulse 95 locked because we're going to be right back. Pulse
1: 95.
2: Daily
3: digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world.
2: Charter schools are going to continue with distant learning until the end of the spring term. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is amazing news for me because... Uh, When schools are doing distant learning, that means there's less traffic. That means I don't have to stay in traffic all day long. But now, all schools and nurseries in Sharjah will continue distant learning for the rest of the spring term. Now, this decision is to extend remote learning until March 25, and it was made to keep pupils safe, authorities have said. Now, classroom lessons were originally suspended for at least two weeks, and that happened in mid-February to curb the spread of COVID-19. But now...
1: (laughs) Now, Sharjah's emergency crisis and disaster management team and education authorities have decided that it was not safe for them to resume in-person learning. Now, there's a lot of talk about having final exams taking place in-person in those classrooms with all the precautionary and safety precautions uh, taking place. But we will update you once that is officially announced. In cooperation with the Ministry of Education and the Sharjah Private Education Authority that right here in charge of all the schools have decided to continue distance learning 100 percent for all pupils in all schools. Now, a lot of parents may have this feel like a little bit of sad news since they do struggle with online learning. But I do believe that we've come a long way. You know, back last year when distance learning was first introduced, students were still struggling to... Maneuver around it, teachers, this was was a new concept for all of them, but now they've definitely become a lot more accustomed to it. And the local crisis authority did say that it would continue its multilingual awareness campaigns using drones to try and educate the community about keeping the safe distance constantly wearing the face masks so that we can try our best to put an end to all the increase in COVID-19 cases.
2: Yes, I mean, I do believe that everyone got the hang of it now. It's not really a big deal. I mean, it's been a year since people have been distant learning in schools and teachers and parents. I think everyone got the hang of it. And I do believe that some even have a better peace of mind that their kids in school and are are at home and not in school touching each other because we know kids they like to pick their nose and then be like hey (laughs) and just play with 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 each other but all schools and nurseries across the northern emirates which do include Ras al-khaimah umr al-qawain have returned to online learning even earlier this month now, At the time, authorities did say the restrictions in Umm al Quwain and Ras al-Khaimah would last until further notice. Home studies have also resumed in Ajman this month just after the Emirates Crisis Authority and the Education Ministry did say it would, ha- would halt face-to-face learning. But pupils did return to classrooms in Abu Dhabi just last week with some children even aged between 11 and 14 attending for the first time in almost a year. Now, in-person learning has not been suspended in Dubai this academic year. So I believe we're seeing that there's kind of a mix of both. It depends on which location you're at and depends on how uh, each school does kind of uh, deal with the crisis in general. Some do 50-50, some do a week yes, a week off. Some do, uh, for example, uh, classrooms that are a little bit spaced out. It depends, but I mean... I, tr- I trust into the system, yes. and I know they're doing a good job, so... I mean, we just have to see what they got to do.
1: Absolutely. There are a lot of benefits for distance learning. One of them being, just like you mentioned, Hani, there is no commute time that students have to sit through. Another is the fact that students get to learn on their own schedule. So they don't necessarily have to, you know, wake up super early so that they can get to school on time. And they can definitely, let's say with the university students, some lectures are recorded so they can go ahead and revisit them if they didn't understand a specific point during the classroom. But also it does teach them a lot about time management because they no longer have a teacher monitoring them whether or not they made it to class, whether or not they're focusing. So it's upon every student and every pupil to make sure that they are doing their part so that they can learn the material that they're being taught in the classroom.
2: Yes, I mean, 100%. It is very important and it's good to see Sharjah and the the Emirates in general working together to get rid of this COVID-19 pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back... We're talking about Twitter, and how it's considering charging users for special content. And I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek of what Twitter actually might have in store for its users. Pulse 95
3: Daily Digital News. Bits and Bytes connect our world.
1: It's been a while since we've talked about Twitter, especially because Clubhouse has been the talk of the town on social media platforms. Everyone is joining this app, but we do know that Twitter has a little bit of jealousy going on and they definitely did try to implement some of the features that clubhouse was introducing but the latest news of it all has been that twitter is considering charging users for special content this is what they're calling the super follow service and it's trying to financially support creators and allow users to receive newsletters exclusive content and even virtual badges in exchange for some cash
2: Yes, now they are exploring audience funding opportunities just like Super Falls and will allow creators and publishers to be directly supported by their audience and will kind of motivate them to continue creating content that their audience does love. Now top Twitter ex- executives have discussed Super Follows while outlining goals and plans for the near future during a stream presentation. Now Super Follows was described during the presentation as a way of tw- for Twitter audiences to financially support creators and receive newsletters, exclusive content and even virtual badges in exchange and it does like look like they are following suit like the only OnlyFans.com and how OnlyFans to kind of see what you're what the person you're following yeah. does you have to pay a fee that uh, the creator does kind of set out whether it's a dollar to ten dollars. I don't know the exact prices. Mm. But a lot of people uh, actually use it. And some people even made a millions and millions of dollars because of the content that they put out. Now, I mean, I'm looking at it as a kind of, okay, it does make sense. But at the same time, a lot of people on Twitter were outraged because of this. Because no one's saying no one's going <laughs> to pay to read tweets.
1: Absolutely. I get where you're coming from and where everyone else is coming from. It's very hard to have something that used to be for free now become paid. And some analysts have been saying that You know, they're not convinced that people will be inclined to pay for such special content on Twitter. And the model makes sense, you know, for content on platforms like YouTube or even on, let's say, TikTok. You know, I would understand why people may be paying for this content. However, on Twitter, it's a little bit different because such content does not need hours of work. You know, you just type out a tweet. With YouTube, there's hours and hours that go into filming and editing and crafting that storyline.
2: Now, some people do create videos. And content on Twitter, and use it mainly. They don't even use Instagram. They just put out content on Twitter, whether it be video, artwork, etc. Now, I do believe maybe Twitter should take the TikTok approach, which yes. is paying these creators, having a union for these creators, mm. and utilizing that by having ads on their content. There, therefore, nothing has to be out of pocket. <laughs> Well, for example, let's say I create a, I create a video or a picture yeah. that gets me 150,000 retweets, for example. Mm. right With these 150,000 retweets, you put a small ad at the bottom, and whoever wants to put that ad there pays for it. Thus, Twitter gets some money, I get money, everyone's happy, everyone has a good day. <laughs> but looking at how people will pay for content, go that extra kind of exclusive uh, content, I don't think that anyone's going to do it. Now, I personally... I'm on Twitter a lot. You know, I got, yeah. I have a huge following on Twitter, but I don't believe that anyone's going to pay for my content. Who am I? At the end <laughs> of the day, what, what what kind of content am I bringing out? And that's just me. But again, some people put amazing content on Twitter. But co- Twitter kind of focuses on the youth, yes. right? For the adolescents, for the teenagers. Uh, not a, a lot of adults are on Twitter, but they don't use it excessively just like the youth. Now, let's be honest. How many young people are going to pay for tweets? Not a lot.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of tweets, uh, though, are trying to basically grow their platform and Twitter wants to support them. So it has an aim of reaching a milestone of 315 monet- monetizable users by the year 2023. So it is a big change, especially because looking at last year, you know, they had about 192 million users who were getting paid for posting on Twitter. They're also considering a brand new feature that is very similar, in my opinion, to what Clubhouse offers and also what Facebook's groups are offering, which is allowing certain users to join communities that are devoted to discuss a certain topic. And this feature, we've definitely seen it, you know, being marketed by Twitter and soon enough, it will be a reality for every tweet out there.
2: Yes, indeed. Clubhouse has killed the market when it does come to conversating and talking about a lot of topics. I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And we have uh, our very own Yellow Home uh, host, Big Hot. Big House is always on Clubhouse. I see Black House all the time on Clubhouse. <laughs> I've joined a couple of his rooms and it's very interesting and fun. And I actually spent one day, I think three hours talking on Clubhouse. So I mean, it's a great platform and to see Twitter kind of utilize that. I think that if Twitter does make something like that, it might just blow Clubhouse right out of the park. Let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215, thoughts, or on our Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. But when we come back, we're talking all about what, Omnia?
1: We're talking all about exoskeletons, robotic wearables that will hopefully change the game for every elderly who is looking to move and do their day-to-day activities in a much more effortless way. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to
0: Pulse Pulse 95.
1: Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. The number of elderly populations is rapidly increasing, and many of those elderlies are actually facing difficulties while walking because of the muscular activity that starts to deteriorate with age. To make their lives more comfortable, a group of students at the American University of Sharjah are currently working on a senior project to design an exoskeleton for those elderly to help provide them with support in their day-to-day activities. Joining us today is Dr. Shayuk, Associate Professor in Electrical Engineering at a us as well as one of the students who is currently minoring in mechatronics engineering they're joining us today to tell us all about this great invention thanks a lot for joining us
2: Welcome, welcome to the show it is an honor I do love what you guys are doing but obviously not a lot of people know what an exoskeleton or a wearable robot is so what is an exoskeleton or a wearable robot
0: Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for having us on the show. And an exoskeleton is simply a support structure on the outside of the body. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to give you an example from biology, if you think of uh, crabs or turtles or snails, they have a shell on the outside which uh, protects them and also in some cases can support us. Mm -hmm. We humans have a skeleton inside uh, which does the supporting uh, structure for us or the work for us. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to make a simple Uh, non-robotic, so Mm -hmm. non-actuated, automatically actuated system uh, frame that the user can actuate as they need and it is outside the body and it can Mm. support them. And I think uh, Mohammed Karoub can give you details on that. Yeah,
3: so basically some of the ideas about exoskeletons are influenced by movies like Aliens and Iron Man, which Mm. uh, it might be a little bit over the top, but uh, it's not uh, very far from the main uh, idea. Mm. So it's basically a device that provides the required physical assistance for people who might not be strong enough to perform certain activities or Uh, helps in performing the same activity with lower uh, energy consumption.
1: Amazing. Now, a lot of people, you know, we may hear about the form of or the word exoskeleton and they may think about what would it help people do. So can you talk to us a little bit about the activities that exoskeletons could aid people do and more specifically the type that you are guys currently working on? Yeah,
3: sure. So there are many applications of exoskeleton nowadays. Uh, one main application is the military.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, another application is industrial exoskeletons. They are usually passive exoskeleton, meaning they don't have uh, extra actuators, like uh, they use passive uh, elements like springs mm. to help workers, Is workers' jobs. Another uh, application is the, the medical application where uh, stroke survivors are using exoskeleton to uh, rehabilitate uh, the motion. Mm-hmm. And then the application we are targeting is locomotion assistance and we are basically trying to design a low-cost exoskeleton to assist the the elderly in performing everyday activities.
1: Amazing. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about what makes this senior project's uh, group exoskeleton unique and how are they planning to lower the cost of exoskeletons. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back.
2: This is Pulse95. Check this
1: out. Check this out. Hani, did you know that the elderly in Japan are currently using exoskeletons to delay the retirement age? And what I found interesting was that Japan actually currently has one of the oldest populations in the world. And those exoskeletons are actually assisting the elderly to help them regain their ability to do their day-to-day activities. But well, right here in Sharjah, a group of students from the American University of Sharjah are trying to make this a reality for elderly living right here, because they're currently working on a sen- senior project to design an exoskeleton to provide them with support in their daily activities. Joining us today is Dr. Shayukh Associate Professor in Electrical Engineering, as well as one of the students, Hamad Khadoub, who is currently minoring in mechatronics. They're joining us today to talk to us about it, and we want to give you a very warm welcome, but also give a quick shout out to all the students and uh, associate professors that are also working with you on this project.
3: Right, uh, yeah, I would like to give a shout out to Abdurrahzaq Al-Ghabra and Hassan uh, Al-Jindi and Mohamed Kassab and Yahya Dalbah, the other students who are working with this
0: group and also uh, actually Professor Lotfi Rondan who is from the mechanical engineering department. And he's collaborating with us, uh, helping us on the mechanical aspects of the
3: yeah.
2: project. Amazing. Big shout out to all of them. We do appreciate your work and thank you guys so much. Now, you want to tell us what are the different types of exoskeletons that exist and the type of exoskeleton that they that you guys are actually currently working on right now?
3: So, yeah, like we mentioned, uh, we are targeting the elderly. Uh, we are making an assistive uh, exoskeleton to, to assist the elderly in walking mm-hmm. specifically and performing every day activities. Um, again, there are many exoskeletons and it's better to design for a special group of people to ensure that the design works. So our targeted group is the elderly who did not lose motion capabilities, so mm-hmm. they are still m- able to move. Uh, the, design, the design should be able to support users up to uh, weights of 80 kilograms and mm-hmm. heights up to 180 centimeters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will have four degrees of freedom or the meaning that uh, both hips and knees uh, joint will be actuated mm-hmm. and it will have a walking speed of 0.9 meters per second which is the average walking speed for the elderly
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, and i think you've mentioned that it's two parts that yes. the people would have to wear so uh, how easy is it to strap them on and would they need assistance to help put them put both pieces on
0: uh, well, right now it's a prototype that's in design. Yeah. So while we are trying to make it as easy as possible to put it on, but uh, um, we will figure it out once we <laughs> are able to test it, yeah. so I hope it's easier. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely something we have to target in the future. And for the upper part, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, we target uh, you know common day-to-day activities like uh, picking up a coffee cup or a water bottle, mm-hmm. things that may be difficult. Uh, so people who have not lost complete motion uh, that's the target segment where we can help with you know day-to-day small mm-hmm. activities exactly.
2: now a question that does come to mind I know you guys are focusing on the elderly but could we use this for people who are physically disabled for example or people who don't have an arm and amputee for example that they kind of rely on prosthetics could we use could we see that ske- uh, exoskeleton come in hand
3: definitely definitely. there are many types of exoskeletons and uh, there are many users that can uh, benefit from exoskeletons uh in fact in a recent meeting with a uh, minister of health uh, official we mentioned we they mentioned that this would help uh, patients with cardiovascular diseases mm. and performing or being active in the community and
2: harvest the work work
3: potential from these people. So you guys are
2: making them look like cyborgs. <laughs> you know, coming straight out of a uh, sci-fi yeah. m- movie. I mean, I do I do like it a lot. I mean, uh, we, it's not every day we see exoskeletons being implemented that way. And I mean, it's amazing seeing it coming right out of the American University in Sharjah.
1: Absolutely. Especially because we do know that a lot of the elderly sometimes get placed in elderly homes uh, or we have to get caregivers to help them just basically do some of the daily activities a lot of us take for granted, but I'm sure an invention like this probably came with lots of challenges. Dr. Shayuk, can you talk to us a little bit about the challenges that your team had to overcome, and what did you do to be able to overcome them?
0: Uh, The main challenges were, of course, you know, portability. Mm. One of them you already pointed out, ease of use, Mm. Uh, then cost, and uh, procuring materials. How do we uh, design the uh, exoskeleton so that we can quickly take maybe off the shelf parts and mix uh, in appropriate propos- uh, uh, proportion 3D printing so that we can reduce the cost. These have been the challenges. Current Mm. challenges that we are going through are related to
2: actually buying the parts, ordering Mm. them, getting them here. Mm. Did you guys face any problems during the COVID-19 pandemic? I know in the beginning, have you guys faced, maybe you guys couldn't meet up and maybe you guys resulted to even Zoom calls. I mean, obviously you guys are working with something like a mechanism. So you guys need to have a physical, uh, physical material in front of you. So what kind of problems did you guys face during the pandemic? Definitely,
3: this type of project requires uh, a lot of visualization. Mm. So uh, early on, we, we built a 3D model of, mm. the, of the prototype so that we can re- easily visualize the, the, the prototype and make our design. Uh, so yeah, d- definitely the it was a challenge, but we we t- we overcome that challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going we're doing well. Okay, amazing.
1: amazing! It does look hear. like you guys are
2: doing an amazing job.
1: Absolutely, and one point that you've mentioned, Dr. Shayuk is trying to manage the cost of the exoskeleton now we do know that lots of exoskeletons exist out there it's not a new concept but it's brand new to find exoskeletons that are also budget friendly can you talk to us about how were you able to let's say plan on reducing the cost of this specific exoskeleton
0: uh, Well. If you look at the market, I think uh, exoskeleton prices will be around um, $100,000, okay, wow. around that range, mm. um, and but they are sophisticated, extremely sophisticated hardware and uh, extremely sophisticated controllers. So, we went with, you know, simple um, equipment like Arduinos and Raspberry Pis because uh, we have a student group constructing it after all. Mm. And uh, we took, like I said, you know, off-the-shelf uh, components like uh, aluminum channels in specific sizes and mixed them with... Uh, 3D printed material and designs, so that uh, we can reduce the cost.
1: That is amazing. Amazing. (laughs) I mean,
2: we're even seeing 3D model, uh, 3D printed models being implemented in this type of design. So I mean it's not only just you know creating nice cool artistic stuff. We're seeing it being implemented right here too.
1: Absolutely coming up on the show we're gonna be talking a little bit about the inspiration behind this exoskeleton but also what are the future plans and hopefully we can see it one day on the market. If you have any questions for Dr. Shayukh or the student Mohammed Khadoub, make sure you send them in at 4215 Door Itisalot or sign into RDMs at Pulse 95 Radio.
0: Pulse 95
1: Check this out. Check this out. It is true that we usually take our own blessings, the small blessings in our lives, for granted. But the number of elderly populations is rapidly increasing, and they for sure do not take walking, picking up a cup of coffee, or any of those activities for granted. Because with age, their muscular activity starts to deteriorate. But... To make their lives more comfortable, tech comes in handy because a group of students at the American University of Sharjah are currently working on a senior project to design an exoskeleton for those elderly to help provide them with their support in their daily activities. Dr. Shayouk, Associate Professor in Electrical Engineering at AUS, as well as Muhammad Kharoub, an electrical engineering student minoring in mechatronics, are joining us today to tell us all about this amazing invention. It's been such a great conversation with you two. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Very interesting topics. But Mohammed. I mean, when we look at these innovational ideas and creations, obviously there's a motive, there's an inspiration that comes to life. So what was your motivation, inspiration, and the group of students in general to create this project?
3: Well, we, we read the report from the World Health Organization that uh, in 2050, there will be more than 2 billion people over the age of 65. Mm. And uh, the, for the UAE, uh, this would represent 29 of the population. Wow. So, of course, this would lead to a greater need for uh, preventive, rehabilitative, and long-term healthcare services mm. and uh, tools like exoskeletons to enable uh, elderly citizens or senior citizens to uh, be active for longer and to perform daily activities independently.
1: Mm. And it's great to see that, you know, yeah. especially because... Elderly may physically be challenged, but mentally they have lots to offer, especially because of the experience they've had throughout life and and all of the experience they've had in the working field. And that brings us to our next point when it comes to further developing this exoskeleton. Dr. Shayouk, can you tell us a little bit about what do you have in store in the future for this exoskeleton?
0: Uh, Well, obviously, you know, if we have to develop it and design it further, Mm -hmm. uh, we probably need to invest in... um, sturdier components, maybe uh, 3D uh, printing when we use the material that has to be maybe mixed in with carbon fiber, some of these aspects, so better materials, that's one way. Uh, We have also been in talks with the uh, Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park throughout the process, and we hope uh, that takes us uh, somewhere along the road of uh, commercialization, if possible, in Mm. the future. Um, at the current moment, we do not plan to test the prototype on uh, any human subject because, mm-hmm. you know, this is the first time we are trying this. Mm-hmm. So, a full-scale test on that front will be on the cards Next for the future up. as well. And, uh, you know, more powerful motors or linear or hydraulic actuators yeah. uh, to uh, better move the joints, mm. uh, something along the cards. Uh, do you want? Yeah, to add I would
3: like to know that this project targets the third UN Sustainable Development Goal: health and well-being. And uh, this goal is in line with the UAE 2021 vision. Mm-hmm. And so we are helping yani, in, in, in the sustainability of the, of the world. You're
1: definitely helping save the lives of many as well because many people may feel like their lives ended when, you know, muscular activity no longer becomes top-notch like they had at the beginning of their lives.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I could imagine not being able to do the things that you were once able to do is physically, uh, mentally tiring. I mean, we do know our brain is very important, obviously, and our mental health is very important. And having an exoskeleton like this... (laughs) helping with the movement of day-to-day basis. i mean obviously you guys are doing a big thing and i'm proud of you guys as someone who was born and raised in sharjah and you know went to the university of sharjah seeing you guys from american university of sharjah as omni is a graduate from aus as well so i mean hats off to you guys you and your team and hopefully we'll see more of you guys to come absolutely Thank you,
1: Hamad and Dr. Shayukh. Any piece of advice for any young innovator out there that may be tuning in? They may have an idea in mind, but they're just scared of going for it. What is one piece of advice that you'd give them?
0: Uh, don't give up. Just keep trying. People will tell you that your ideas don't work and you will fail, but you just have to get up and try. That's all it takes. Yeah, and just do it. Just,
2: just do it. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Wise words. Coming. I like it.
2: I mean, it's, it's never too late. Better late than never. Well, you heard it from them, them themselves. So I yes. think. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing.
1: It's an amazing innovation, and we wish you the very best of luck in all of your future endeavors, as well as your teammates back at the university. Thank
2: you, thank you.
1: To everyone tuning in to us right now, thank you so much for lending us your ears for the hour. Future Talk is coming to an end, but our shows at Pulse95 Radio will keep you entertained throughout the day. Coming up is the Dream Team. Ayesha mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah have a packed show in store for you all. Afternoon Karak will be giving you all that you need to know about what's trending in pop culture so that's a show you do not want to miss out on
2: yes but we'll be back same time same place all week so keep pulse 95 locked because we'll see you tomorrow this is pulse 95 tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.